Hiya, Scott. Rockfile, back with another podcast. A review of the 2011 Marvel film, Thor. Okay, I've said in many podcasts I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. I grew up reading Marvel comic books over DC. It was just a choice. It, it, you know, it wasn't a conscious choice as I've described. It was just, I like Doctor Strange. I like Iron Man. I like the Avengers. I like the X-Men. You know, I like Cyclops. I, I just always like Iron Fist and Master of Kung Fu. I just liked Marvel characters growing up. And so when the whole Marvel thing started, we didn't know what we were going to get. There had been... Some attempts. CBS made a Doctor Strange movie in the past that was terrible. I mean, really, really. It's I think it's out on DVD now. It's it's really bad. Um, they made that Reb Brown Captain America uh, movie that was really terrible. You know, there, there had been attempts. And then once they made Blade and once they made X-Men, the idea came around to make an MCU, a shared universe where they could build towards bigger events like the comic books. Kevin... Fagey, however you pronounce his name, uh, is a genius in that respect because he wanted to make the movies like comic books and and treat the universe like Marvel treated their universe of comic books, just in a theatrical way. And I think it's never been done before in cinematic history that they put all these 23-plus movies together, or 24 movies, and you know it's built to such a, a thing now. So anyway, you have to think back to, in 2008, we got Iron Man, and everybody liked it, and it was a big hit. We got Incredible Hulk also in 2008, and it was pretty good. It didn't set things on fire and wasn't really... It's in the MCU now, but at the time, it was edgy if it was going to be MCU because they didn't keep Edward Norton as the Hulk. Then, in 2010, there was Iron Man 2, which was a bit of a misfire for me. I walked out of the theater and went, eh. You know, I really like Iron Man. He's one of my favorite characters, but this movie... And I recently watched Iron Man 2 and liked it a lot better. Now, the fourth movie of the MCU is the original Thor. It came out in May of 2011, just a couple of months before the first Captain America movie. Kenneth Branagh directed it. He's a very famous actor known for doing Shakespearean things. He's become a big director. Really liked his version of Murder on the Orient Express. He did a remake of that, Agatha Christie story, and it was really good a couple years ago. And uh, the next one, uh, Death on the Nile, is coming. They're actually filming it. Got a bunch of big stars, and he's going to play Hercule Barrow again. And I really dug it. Anyway, Kenneth Branagh, when they first announced him, I thought this will be an interesting ride. And I remember thinking back to nine years ago that I liked Thor. I bought it on Blu-ray. They weren't doing steelbooks at the time. There was no 4K at the time. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I liked Chris Hemsworth. I, I liked Natalie Portman. I mean, look at the cast. Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, Colm Fiori, uh, Ray Stevenson, Idris Elba, Kat Dennings, Rene Russo, and of course, Anthony Hopkins. This played out like an A-list drama, but it was a superhero movie. Watching the movie now, I, I, that was all retrospect stuff. Watching it now, it holds up a lot better than I remembered. Um, it's one of those movies that you've seen, probably seen more than once, and you filed it away. I remember everything about that movie. And it was one of those cases where that was my thinking when I sat down to watch it last night, because I picked up, I have almost all of the Marvel movies uh, in Steelbook, either on Blu-ray or 4K, except for Thor, because it wasn't originally released. And I picked up one of Best Buy's last copies of the new 4K Steelbook for $9.99. Wasn't a movie I was going to upgrade, but if I could get the Steelbook for 10 bucks and it's got the 4K in it, why not? So, 
As a 4K transfer, it's really good. Tightens things up. Uh, the grain is still there. Uh, blacks were good. Overall, as an up conversion, it's, it's pretty darn good. And the soundtrack was pretty active. Unlike a lot of recent Disney releases, I didn't have to turn it up. I actually had to turn it down in some places. Really great bass response. Um, not so much in the overhead channels, but a little bit. Um, but overall, I, I you know a four out of five if I gave you know number review of things. But the movie itself, <clears throat> I did not remember it being as good as it was. Like I said, I thought I remembered everything about it. And it seems I remembered the Natalie Portman scenes, the him on Earth being the fish out of water. I had forgotten the beginning with the ice giants. I had forgotten that this was the beginning of Loki's mischievous, you know, activities. I had no recollection of there being one scene with Hawkeye. He wasn't even named. Really didn't have, he had like one line, a couple lines. Um, should I take him out? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but they didn't name him. And that I think it's very interesting that in the fourth movie of the MCU, they just dropped a character in that they would bring back in the Avengers a couple movies later. Um, and that was the best thing about watching the movie now. Nine years later with everything Endgame and all that stuff behind us, um, it's interesting how much stuff they were setting up back then, <laughs> that long ago, that not just the Tesseract stuff, not just the, the, the Loki stuff, not, I mean, er, there were so many little tiny little things that you can catch now because you've seen all the movies now. But at the time you went, this is a good movie. And that was a s interesting reference to have in there. But now it, you know, years later, it came to mean something. So that is part of the genius of what Marvel has done. And I'm not saying this to bash DC. I like several of the DC movies a lot. I just got a copy finally of Aquaman. I'm going to rewatch it in all its 4K glory because I rented it originally and only saw it on Blu-ray and just thought it would, you know, it wasn't my favorite DC movie, but it was interesting. And but it's supposed to be one of the best 4K. So there'll be a review of that coming soon. But anyway, I I it's I just like Marvel stuff and revisiting some of the Older Marvel movies, hard to say that now that it's been around for, what, 12 years now we've had an MCU. Um, this was one of the first ones that, well, it was a hit at the time. I think the budget on the movie was about $150 million. It went on to make about $450 million. So they knew they were on to something at the time. And the movies just got bigger and the characters got bigger. But looking back at the MCU and the beginnings of it, Kevin knew what he was doing. He really knew that he was sowing seeds for bigger things later. And I think they totally deserve just that. You don't have to like all of the movies they've ever made, but you have to respect the fact that they knew what they were doing and they had a plan. They stuck to the plan regardless of how the movies did. And they made the two biggest movies of all time to wrap up the whole, you know, the first set, the, the Infinity Stone story. And now we'll continue with something else. It just... You look back on this in retrospect and go, they were either incredibly lucky or had a plan, stuck to the plan, executed the plan, and won like nobody else has ever won in the history of cinema. Interesting to see how DC tried to catch up, tried to rush the whole building a universe thing. Didn't work out, so now they're trying to do individual movies. Probably the right way to go. It... Pepsi has always done well against Coke, but they've never been Coke. And I think Marvel, it took a long time, but they're finally the Coke to DC's Pepsi, notwithstanding the Christopher Nolan movies, which are the best, you know, comic book movies ever made, pretty much. So, rewatching Thor, liked it better than I originally watched it. Glad I finally got the Steelbook. I have the complete collection of Marvel movies on Steelbook, and it was a good 4K edition. It was a good upgrade. All in all, and Chris Hemsworth had real hair. 
<laughs> he wears a wig in the later movies, but uh, he had grown his hair long. It's obvious because it doesn't look quite as good as it does in the later movies. But all in all, really enjoyed it. The movie plays out like little vignettes, like comic books do. You know, our characters make it to this area, then this happens. Then all of a sudden we're in this area and this happens. This movie played like that, and I don't think we were quite as ready for that kind of storytelling back in 2011 as we are kind of now that we're used to how comic book movies tell stories. And it's one aspect. <clears throat> I know a lot of my more intelligent friends poo-poo the comic book movies, but I've always said, you know, I don't like wrestling, I don't like NASCAR, but there's something to be said for something that's entertaining. And I find comic book movies entertaining. Uh, sure, I like Citizen Kane and Lawrence of Arabia and and, and Gladiator and, and Spartacus. You know, I, I like my classics, but there's something to be said for sitting down, parking your brain for two hours and enjoying an action movie or a comedy or whatever. And the Marvel movies are a blend of all that. Plus, I don't have to park my brain. For the Marvel fan in me, there is all sorts of stuff to dig into in layers and blah, blah, blah. So, you can watch Marvel movies as just good action movies, or you can really get into the universe and enjoy the whole thing. And for somebody who's doing that, well, Thor, actually much better than we gave it credit for when it first came out. Highly recommend Thor on 4K Blu-ray. It's available now. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Got all sorts of irons in the fire uh, with Rockfile and Rockfile Radio. Matter of fact, there's a couple of new Facebook groups I want you to check out. Um, if you haven't checked out the Daily Song Challenge... There's only one on Facebook, so go look for it. And it's a group where every day at 12 noon, we post a new song challenge, like songs with black in the title, songs with a day in the title, that kind of thing. And people post their favorite songs, and it pretty much hits all genres and all, you know, uh, pretty much any kind of music you can think of. It's just about great songs. So Daily Song Challenge is one. You can join it. It's free. It is a private group, so we can keep the riffraff out basically. Um, I run a giant Facebook group of 94,000 people, and we've learned a long time that there are people that will just troll to troll. And we want our groups to be happy places, happy experiences. And it's not that we won't talk about edgy stuff or try and censor anybody, but people who just try and ruin the experience just to ruin the experience are not welcome in our groups. So that being said, I don't think any of you are trolls. Um, so along with Daily Song Challenge, there is a new group called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. <laughs> and yes, there is only one of those on Facebook as well and it's another group run by me and Adam Adam is a good friend of mine he is the hard rock daddy he's very much been into the music industry for just about as long as I have we have a lot of connections we have a lot of history we have a lot of knowledge and we are doing projects together to bring all of this to you in easily digestible forms like Facebook groups that do song challenges or this new sex drugs and rock and roll is basically a Gen X group uh, where we're going to be talking about all the things that Gen X lived with. It's different than today's generation or the previous generation. It'll be about music. It'll be about pop culture. It'll be about important things. And again, we're keeping trolling out. We'll keep politics out. We'll keep, you know, anything controversial out, so to speak. But we'll talk about the controversies of the time. So sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If you're a Gen Xer, you definitely want to join that group. It's another one that's free to join, but it is a private group so we can keep the riffraff out. Um, I like public pages and stuff, but you can just have a more open conversation with people if you know that the doors are closed and people that are going to mock you, make fun of you, or just troll you are not in the room. I, I 
I've found that to be very, very true over the last five years of running a giant Facebook group, so with these new groups. And there's more things coming up. <clears throat> if you saw my interview yesterday, uh, which was also posted as a podcast, I did a Zoom interview with a famous rock guitarist, and I posted that not only as a YouTube video, but as a podcast, and I'm going to continue that trend. There will be more interviews now that I have set up Zoom. I was doing a lot of Skype before, and the quality wasn't very good, so... Um, Zoom is a much better quality. The camera cuts back and forth on who's talking. The uh, audio quality and the video quality are both really good. I'm able to throw it into my editor and edit them up if I need to. And the one yesterday I just posted as is. I put music on the front and back, and there you go. Um, so there are many, many, many things in the fire that are coming. And one of those will be a Zoom-type talk show podcast YouTube video thing with me and Adam, Hard Rock Daddy, talking about albums, music, songs, generations, pop culture, you name it. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow my website, therockfile.com. And if you really feel spunky, I have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can follow everything that's going on. And you get files early, you get high-resolution stuff and things like that. So thank you very much for reading all the stuff that's down in the description below. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Stay safe. Have a great day. Bye.